Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Making Sense of It All. I'm your host, Jesse Stakes. You know, there's not many more days that are more exciting than payday. Am I right? Whether you pull up your bank account online, or if somebody hands you an actual check, it's a satisfying feeling. A feeling of success when you actually see the reward for the work that you do each and every day. You know, because of things like PPP and employee retention credits, and just how COVID was handled in general, the last few years have taught us all how much goes on behind the scenes before that paycheck is even cut. Depending on where you live in the United States, laws from our federal and state governments, as well as potential local municipalities, affect how and how much of your gross pay actually reaches your bank account. Well, my guest today has spent the better part of the last 17 years providing guidance and information to those professionals whose job it is to make sure that your paycheck is on time and to the dime correct. Christopher Wood is the senior editor at Thomson Reuters Checkpoint for payroll-related content. He writes articles for their daily updates and keeps all content in the Checkpoint Payroll Library, including the Checkpoint Payroll Guide current. Chris is a great resource and a wealth of knowledge. Enjoy our conversation. Let's jump right into it. Well, Thompson Reuters Checkpoint is a tax and accounting publication, and it has a wide range of practice areas. And the one I uh, specify and, and work uh, most closely on is payroll. And our group of customers are typically CPAs, payroll professionals, maybe a tax department, some small businesses. It's a bit of a wide range. And what we do is we provide daily payroll news content on the federal, state, local, and even international level. As well, we have a, a search engine that has a, almost like, I would say it's like Google for payroll. <laughs> and as well, uh, we have a, a, a number of different charts on a variety of topics from unemployment tax to minimum wage, workers' compensation, uh, federal withholding tables and things of that nature, especially this time of year for payroll. It's, it's pretty important. So you, you're kind of the man behind the curtain. You're, you're getting everybody the information they need so that they can be an expert for their clients. Correct. Yes. Uh, and it, it, it takes a bit of doing. Some localities have some challenges in Kentucky and Alabama and Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> it you know takes some direct calls <laughs> sometimes to get certain occupational tax rates. If uh, There's a locality there that has a changing rate, which uh, we had a few this past year. Well, no doubt. I mean, it, the payroll industry itself. I mean, yes, there are federal tax returns that are done and state tax returns. But I think that if you if if you're not familiar with the industry and if you don't live in one of those cities or states that has all of those municipal taxes or our city and city and local taxes, people don't realize how intricate that that can get sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And I think if there's any uh, payroll professional out there that maybe is a multi-state employer deals with those sort of uh, multiple tax jurisdictions, California is one that people probably uh, I, I actually say when we cover them. Their websites, their information, their response time is pretty great, but they have a lot of information to cover from minimum wage to paid leave and things like that. It's it's a, and then their new workers' compensation law that took place in 2020, um, 
you know, keeps businesses uh, pretty occupied <laughs> and keeps us busy sure. writing. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure this is a this is a loaded question, but what inspired you to become, you know, you're you're essentially you're a journalist within the payroll industry, which is pretty cool because you're kind of you kind of hit get to get to wear two hats there. But what inspired you to to, to go into this line of work? Uh, well, I'll give you a little bit of a slightly long winded story, if <laughs> if that's all right, but not too long. Please. Um, it, it's, which is to say, you know, when I was in school, it wasn't something that I was looking to do. Um, I was a communications and journalism major in college, um, going all the way so back. What did, you, to, uh, what did you think you were going to be then? Oh, at that point in time, I was hoping a uh, film critic, a uh, travel writer, maybe cover national and world news. Um, I interned at CNBC and did the short pr- uh, production clips for some of the, uh, for the shows in the evening and kind of rush home to turn on the TV. This is pre-smartphone and YouTube. So uh, get home in time and you could see your own little ad being thrown on there. <laughs> Very cool. Sorry about that. Continue with your story. I didn't mean to derail that. No, no, please. Any, anytime. Uh, so I, I was saying it's um, something that um, came to me, I suppose, where after college, a lot of people have the same scenario where you have the degree, you did the work, you're ready to start in the industry that you, you know, you're passionate for. And, you know, the job isn't there exactly, uh, but the bills still are and the college loans are. So uh, after doing some freelance writing, local newspapers and things like that, I ended up taking a job for Payne Weber, which is now UBS, and it okay. was in their their payroll department in uh, Weehawken, New Jersey. And that's when I actually saw the other side of the paycheck. You know, for me as a kid working at McDonald's, I just want to see the bottom line. What's my net pay? <laughs> Can I afford those sneakers or whatever the case is for a for a school kid? Um, but as you know, you get older and start to look uh, into the payroll industry and see the the other side. What does FICA mean? Where does it go? Employers pay that too. And as you get, you get down the rabbit hole and you start to see this is a very involved and complicated industry. Uh, and I kept plugging away. I ended up working for Ceridian. Um, so payroll kind of happened to me, I suppose, instead of me pursuing it. And I continued to be fascinated by it. And in 2006, uh, company Thompson, uh, before the merger with Thompson and Reuters, I interviewed for, and I can remember being very excited and very nervous for it. It was in the city, one of my New York City, and one of my dreams was to work in New York City from a kid growing up in the suburbs in New Jersey. And uh, I was happy to get the offer and haven't looked back since. And I have to say, every year I continue to get more interested and more excited about payroll. And I've been with this company uh, just over 16 years. It's a very, very cool story. And it's kind of like, you know, you went to school to be a communications major and and you found an industry that you were passionate about and that you liked. And it's really cool. Not many people get to marry up the things that they really enjoy doing and and kind of get the get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I agree. And, and as I said, sometimes you just life happens and <laughs> you roll with it. Um, and as I said, this um, I said this a little while ago to someone where. Um, I'm not sure if you're a movie guy, uh, but uh, there's a movie called Prefontaine, and it came out in, I think, the early 2000s or late 1990s. And there's a scene where <clears throat> Steve Prefontaine, of course, you know, he's a, he's a um, distance runner. Unfortunately, his life was cut short in a car accident. But there's a scene in the movie where his coach is telling him, you're better suited for the three mile. <laughs> and Steve is upset because he wants to run the one mile. And he says, well, nobody cares about the three mile. And the coach says back to him, we'll give him a reason to. 
And I like that quote, and I try to keep it in my head, particularly when you talk about payroll or taxes, because it can be a dry subject. I, I don't disagree. I think that, you know, I've, I've, I've said it myself. Payroll isn't the sexiest of things to talk about. <laughs> but but the, the huge but is it's just like it's just like the lights. Um, you know, you pay your you pay your electric bill. You expect the lights to work. And you also same thing with the payroll industry. You 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 pay your employees. And if you're utilizing a payroll service or an accountant, whoever's doing your payroll, just, you just expect things to be there and to, and to work. But when they don't, it's the most important thing that you'll ever have on your plate because it affects not only you, it affects your employees. It affects your relationship with the federal and state governments. Um, there's, there's no more emotional topic than payroll services or payroll in general when it's not working correctly. <laughs> I agree with Jesse. There's a topic I was covering recently for the American Payroll Association, their Paytech magazine, and it's on earned wage access. And in engaging with some people who have dealt with this, uh, from a provider point of view, and also on the other end, from someone who's receiving earned wage access, uh, to the point you just made, you see that getting a, your pay a little earlier, paying that bill that's due, maybe somebody um, in your you know, family has a job change, and you really need that money. It makes a difference. No doubt. Well, and I think that there's, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but there's so many Americans that are paycheck to paycheck anymore. If there's a hiccup, it's it's going to cause them a lot of stress and a lot of you know, a lot of undue unhappiness in their family life. Yeah, I think I saw a government agency um, statistic recently where it was it was more than half of people have reported paycheck to paycheck, and I mean that can mean different things depending on your paycheck and what your financial situation is. But I think the short of it is, you know, things can be tight uh, money wise, and so that that paycheck means a lot to you and. For earned wage access on that topic, not having to wait typically every other Friday to have your payday. But if you say this bill is due now, maybe I can get my wages a little bit earlier and it, it can really help with that financial stress. And then from the employer point of view, not to go on a tangent, but from an employer point of view, um, that can help productivity as well. Because if you're not stressed about your financial situation, you can be a more productive employee. Um, and then it's kind of a win-win for both parties. No doubt. So uh, behind your name, uh, there's a there's a um, there's a three letter there's a there's a there's three letters CPP. What does CPP stand for? Oh, CPP stands for Certified Payroll Professional, and it is something that you uh, attain through the American Payroll Association. So when you're a certified payroll professional versus somebody who's just you know out there talking about payroll, what does that designation kind of mean? What 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 should that mean to our audience? Uh, I would say if more familiar with uh, the, the, the term CPA, uh, this is similar to that, but for specific for the payroll professional industry. And so you take a, I believe I took it in 2016. I think the exam is about the same length. It's about a four hour exam. Um, there's questions from multiple different areas, federal, state, or excuse me, there's not state, uh, there's federal um, and other areas that you need to know computations, even though we're in a modern age and you have payroll calculators. They still make you run through that just in case, I suppose, if there's a disaster or a situation like that where you need to rely on your, your learned skills. And one of the things, um, there's a gentleman, his name is Jim Paley, excuse me, Jim Paley, and he's on the APA board of directors. And I've, I've worked with him at uh, Thompson Reuters for a bit. And in chatting with him about the CPP, you know, he said, this is something where it's becoming more 
not to say a requirement, but it's, if you're looking to excel in the payroll field, it's something you're going to want to keep your eye on. Um, and if you have the, the, the time and the means, you know, to, to obtain that and then maintain it, because it's really going to, it's going to take you places if you're looking to get to payroll specialist, payroll manager, and things of that nature. Well, and I think that anybody who's familiar with payroll services as a, as an industry knows that there has been a lot of technology infused into the industry and whether it is your major providers within the industry, or if it is other software companies, people are diving into the industry, basically selling automation um, and just a software component of saying, you no longer need a service per se. You just need something resting on your, in your cloud or on your computer to where you can enter your own payroll and do your own, do your own service essentially. So having that expertise and being able to be more than just a salesperson selling somebody payroll and actually having that designation and really calling yourself as that calling yourself out as an expert in your field. Um, I think it has a tremendous value moving forward. I do with you hundred um, percent. And, and to those who have the certification uh, as I've learned is there's a recertification. And what you do is you have continuing education credits. They call them RCH credits. I think it's um, credit hours, uh, recertification credit hours. And as long as you obtain the, the required amount over a five-year period, you uh, don't have to take that four-hour test again. So, <laughs> and, and at the same time, it's really good because you keep up to speed with the changing trends, topics, legislation that are happening in the payroll industry. No doubt. So all of that being said, um, we've had a interesting several years that, you know, whether it is uh, PPP funds or different things that have happened to us because of the pandemic, um, law changes, there's so many things that have happened in the last few years. And this industry, the payroll industry affects everybody. It doesn't just affect one sector of our economy, it touches every sector of our economy. So what are you seeing as kind of on the horizon, or what do you see that's that's kind of looming out there that's going to impact not only the payroll industry but also, you know, the 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 overall economy as a whole. Oh, that's a great question, and I would say um, just to to go back for a moment, um, I wrote a blog in February of 2022, and it was kind of a day in the life of of any kind of typical travel. I, my girlfriend and I were traveling to Miami for the long for like a long weekend. And the article had to do with, okay, so an Uber driver picks you up, let's say. Well, depending on what state you're in, that could be a worker, uh, an employee, I should say, or maybe an independent contractor. You get to the airport, there's something involved payroll there. You land, you check in the hotel, there's service industry and minimum wage. So even in, in any individual's life, from where you go to point to point, there's something to do with payroll. Um, and so your question had to do with what, what do you think is happening in 2023? Um, we talked about it a little bit before, and I think I'm going to see this happen a bit more this year, which is earned wage access, uh, offering more enhanced and um, expanded benefits that include financial well-being. As I said, that's something which, which can be a win-win for both employer and employee. Um, during, as you were saying, some challenging times for COVID-19, uh, this phenomenon occurred called the Great Resignation, where you had a, a large amount of people who um, were for multiple different reasons, but a lot having to do with the pandemic, leaving their job. Um, and now you have employers, how can we entice them with different benefit packages? 
Uh, and that also leans into employee retention uh, and employee recruiting. And how can you do that on a level that does isn't too costly, especially since, you know, there's a little bit of a buzz, a possible uh, recession this year, you know, we'll see what happens in 2023. So employers may be a little bit more cautious about hiring, but they may have, they may have open roles and they have work that needs to be done. Um, so I would say focusing on those areas, uh, employee retention, employee recruitment, enhanced um, benefits, uh, selection, earned wage access, and things like that. Um, I, I think you're going to see that a bit more in 2023. Very good. I think you're right. I think that there's a, it's just like anything else. I think that there's, you know, we, we, we can see things coming. We don't know exactly how they're going to look, but we definitely can see, you know, what direction things are headed. Um, I think inflation has played a huge part in making um, faster access to your pay a, a necessary benefit. Um, I think people don't talk about it all the time, but there's a tremendous amount of Americans that live paycheck to paycheck. Um, and if you're waiting for your if you're waiting for your your paycheck, or if things aren't right, or if things aren't timely, then it can impact the way your household runs on a weekly basis. And that's a whole different topic for in a whole nother podcast, probably. Um, but it, but nonetheless, it's where we're at. And so it doesn't, it, it, it's one of those things to where we probably, um, in the short term, I think that the industry needs to react to it and they need to make sure that people are okay. Long-term, it's probably needs to be a little deeper solution. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, you know, I think payroll and payroll departments, payroll professionals are being called on to have more of a broad range. You think maybe 20 years ago when I worked at Ceridian um, in the early 2000s, you know, you're processing payroll and it's a certainly challenging job. And as you said, now I think there's more um, creative solutions and more payrolls being more involved in an actual business itself and felt that way because after all it is about, I would say between that and benefits, um, Maybe you want to combine both into human resources, but it's a business as big as expense, uh, labor costs. No doubt. Well, and it's uh, payroll services touches everything or excuse me, payroll, I guess you should say in general. I mean, it's people always talk about it as a hub and spoke system, but it's so true. I mean, you think about what payroll touches for a business. It touches your employees. It touches your taxes. It touches your health benefits. It touches any other cafeteria plan that you offer. Um it is, it's, it's such a whole, it, it, it touches your business in such a holistic way. Um, again, it's important. It's something that people should have their, their arms wrapped around and they should know what's going on. It shouldn't just be something to where they say they hire somebody, say it's taken care of and move it off to the side. Um, you know, you touched on something right there that I'd love to dive into a little harder. Um, payroll services have been around now since the 1970s, as far as your ADPs and your paychecks of the world. Uh, but it looks very different in 2023 than it did in the 1970s and the 1980s. Um, what do you see as far as additional services, as far as things that you're going to see some of those companies maybe get into a little bit more? Do you see them, do you see them kind of broadening the, what they're, as far as the, I guess, going more, more horizontal than vertical, as far as how they're going to grow their companies here in the future? Uh, as I suggested before, earned wage access, those companies are popping up um, service providers. Um, and I would also say having uh, or getting a whole, uh, not just payroll, but I think it's the HRIS and an information system for human resources and automating as much as you can. You can save costs on paper, printing, 
as you said, we're into the, <laughs> just starting 2023, most things can be automated um, as well as cloud services, I think are good to hop on with a small caveat to just let uh, employers know you grab a third party provider on any level. And in most cases, um, there are some exceptions, but a lot of times um, you're still on the hook. So if your service provider misses a tax payment for whatever reason or something happens and you're not keeping an eye on it, you can still be held accountable. So while service providers are very important, it's also important for a company to, to remember uh, and to keep an eye on these, these different uh, moves and deposits and returns that are filed because if... If something's missed, uh, usually it's on the employer still, unfortunately. <laughs> right. It's your. It's still your EIN number, and you're you're still the one who's even correct. if you're electronically signing it, you're the one who's signing the bottom of that. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. And what I think some people would like in to to see in the industry more on the payroll level when it comes to let's say Form nine forty one, um, and we may see that on the the government end at some point in the future is looking for a viable uh, electronic filing option. Um, you know, you can file 941s. This is the, the quarterly uh, payroll tax form at the federal level that employers submit their federal income tax withholding, the Social Security, Medicare. And what we've found from looking into the, the returns is it's kind of lacking. There's not a lot of people filing electronically. And um, some uh, agencies that are running reports on this are finding that Maybe there's not as much motivation. They don't have a viable resource to have uh, electronic filing where you might grab a software provider, you might use another means, but it might cost you money. And so for a lot of employers, filing on paper just makes more sense. And the IRS, due to COVID-19, for the most part, um, has a backlog. And I was checking um, in December, I think it has over 770,000 unprocessed Forms 941, um, which looks like it'll carry on into this, this year. Um, a bit more. Um, so technology, uh, as you said, for for third-party providers, but also um, technology for from a government point of view. Um, and not to get off too much on a side note, but a couple of recent federal uh, bills have funding for the IRS. And I'm kind of hoping, and, and I think um, where that might be going is some technology advances on the government end, which hopefully could help employers and providers too. Well, and those are the things when when the American public just sees that money is being allocated to the IRS, they immediately kind of roll their eyes and and they think of they think of the negative. But there are some positives and there's some things that it's just like any it's just like any other business. We have we have to catch up on the technology side so that things become more efficient. You know, those are the those are the types of things I think that people um as lay people out, like for most of my audience, they're not, they're not things, they're not topics that you're going to stay up to date on all the time. Um, and, but that's what you guys do. That's what, that's what you're doing for check checkpoint at Thompson Reuters is that you're keeping people up to date on those things without having to do all that legwork. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, we, as I uh, mentioned a little bit earlier, have a daily news and we will go top to bottom through all the federal agencies, different state agencies, localities. Uh, we have contacts in certain agencies as well, uh, just to see what's current and what's on the horizon and do our best to inform our subscribers as to what's happening, uh, what they need to know, any, any sort of changes that are coming up, which um, are a lot actually <laughs> in the payroll industry. Um, you know, it used to be when I first started, uh, the summer was a bit of a slow period. Maybe there wasn't as much legislation. The state has adjourned. Maybe Congress is on vacation. Um, but now it, 
it seemed like, especially during COVID-19, uh, going back to that Form 941, it's usually, typically before COVID-19 would be updated once a year. During COVID-19, I think it had six or seven revisions uh, because they had all these different tax credits for employers during the pandemic. So audience-wise for you, who are, and, and I'm, obviously your CPAs are, are a big are, are, are a big subscriber to your services, but who else, who else are your, your main audience members that, that, that subscribe to your content and look to look to get information from you on a regular basis? Yeah. Other, other subscribers would be, um, it could be a range of different types of businesses. We have um, from larger multi-state employers to small employers that might have just a handful of employees, but they're just looking to make sure that they, you know, um, I think there was a Seinfeld bit from a long time ago where he was talking about Monopoly and he said, he's comparing lawyers and Monopoly. And he said that they're the ones that just read the inside of the box. They're the ones who have the instructions. <laughs> they know what's going on. That's the time they took. The rest of us are just moving a little hat around the board, trying the best we can uh, to, you know, collect $200. Um, and I think, you know, to that point, like that's what we're trying to do is to get all that information, present it in a way that isn't overwhelming. Use different tools like charts um, and and different ways to break down that information. And so, what we're aiming to do is have as broad an audience as possible. Um, you know, there isn't someone that we don't want to talk to about payroll that we don't want to engage with, and hopefully that we think can benefit from our services. Uh, another way I'd phrase it is: it could be like insurance. It's something that you know, even if you have a third party provider. You could say, well, okay, they, they have most things covered, but if you have this additional service, when you do need it, when you have those moments, there's a hurricane, um, there's a snowstorm, and you wonder, okay, is the IRS giving us a little leeway, and how does that work? You can come to our service, and we'll walk you through it. We have that sort of information laid out, or a big piece of legislation like this uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act toward the end of, of last year, it's kind of funny to say that, <laughs> into 2023, um, but to have that come out, and then it's a 4,000 plus page bill, and there are payroll items in it, there are retirement changes in it, and you know we will sift through it, find out what's important, and then we'll present that. Excellent. Chris, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. If people, if people are interested, if they'd like to subscribe, if they'd like to get connected with you, how can they find you? Oh, sure. Well, there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, if you seek me out on LinkedIn, you can just look for Christopher Wood. Um, and Thompson Reuters, senior editor, that'll come up uh, pretty quickly. I also have uh, contributed to a blog. It's the Thompson Reuters tax blog. If you just search for that, you'll see some of the content myself and some coworkers put out. And that's outward facing, so it's free. Uh, and then regarding Checkpoint itself, if you were to search Thompson Reuters Checkpoint, uh, just a simple Google search, maybe add the word Edge. Um, so we have two different Checkpoint products. Edge is uh, one that has artificial intelligence uh, enhanced search engine. And some other um, kind of good bells and whistles and tools that we think uh, can help um, tax professionals and uh, accounting persons. So if you Excellent. if you just search that, uh, you'll you'll come to our product, and and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And and we honestly like hearing from customers, and we make several changes on their recommendations because they're the ones kind of, as I said, you know, a fair amount are CPAs. They're the ones on the front lines. They're the ones hearing from their clients, uh, small employers, and, and all their problems and issues. And so we, we value that feedback and we try to emulate, and, or not emulate, we try to add uh, content that's going to benefit. 
Great. I feel like we just scratched the surface today, and I think that there's so much more that we can talk about. I'd love to have you on the show again, and uh, thank you yeah, so much for joining us. Thank you, Jesse. My pleasure. I'd love to, uh, to come on and chat again. Well, as you guys just heard, the landscape of payroll taxes and how accounting laws affect us as citizens is changing all the time. I hope to be able to grab Chris occasionally and have him jump back on the show and share big updates and changes when they happen. That's going to wrap us up today. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Chris as much as I did. I'll catch you guys next time.